AgriPulse Open Mic is brought to you by the U.S. Grains Council, selling American corn, sorghum, barley, and co-products to buyers around the world every day. Global markets are an incredible challenge, as well as an opportunity. So you simply cannot overstate the importance of boots on the ground, speaking the local language, and understanding local political and regulatory constraints. That's what the U.S. Grains Council does. The explosive food demand is in developing countries, where the growing middle class is moving to a first-world quality diet. But as we look at those markets, the volatility is extraordinary. The U.S. Grains Council is out there 24-7, establishing relationships, building trust, and opening doors for corn, sorghum, barley, and their co-products. And that translates into economic gains for farmers in the United States. Congressman Adrian Smith from Nebraska, welcome to AgriPulse Open Mic. Well, thank you very much. It's great to be on with you. There are active negotiations on trade treaties going on right now in the Pacific Rim, the Trans-Pacific Partnership appears to have stalled in uh, some talks with Japan. What are your views on that 12-nation trade agreement and whether Japan should be part of it? Well, I do see opportunities to expand trade, expand markets for our producers here at home. I I am very concerned that Japan wants to shut out uh, U.S. agriculture products. Uh, I think they're a little protectionist in, in their views, so uh, if they can't open up, I, I, uh, I would have problems with Japan staying in the agreement. So we're working on that right now. It, 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 I think it's important, though, that we, you know, keep people engaged as much as we as we can. You know, with all of the countries participating at, at this point, uh, let, let's make sure that we maintain the discussion. But we also need to establish expectations uh, for Japan to, to open up opportunities for our for our producers to sell into that market. What about a trade agreement uh, with China? Uh, do you think that's feasible? Well, at this point, you know, it, I, I don't want to uh, get out there too far and, and uh, reach for something that maybe isn't ready. I think ultimately uh, we have some things that need to be ironed out in terms of China and trade. It's an important market. Uh, we know that uh, their biotech approval system uh, has been somewhat disruptive. Uh, now a lot of our producers, I think, have, have just they know what to expect, uh, perhaps, but uh, they're shutting out our grain, and that, that's a problem uh, longer term. So I would hope that perhaps we could iron out uh, some of these challenges uh, in, the, in the future. On the Atlantic side, they have the Transatlantic uh, Trade and Investment Partnership, and there we're up against the European Union, which has been quite stubborn uh, in modifying policies and accepting our U.S. agricultural products do you think those negotiations are heading in the right direction? Well, I see opportunities there, again, uh, to iron out some of these challenges, especially how they treat our biotech products. Obviously, it's not based on science, and uh, they, we, we want to take advantage of these opportunities to put science-based standards in uh, so that uh, the sanitary, phytosanitary issues uh, can, can be addressed as well, so that we're all... Uh, singing from the same hymnal, so to speak, and uh, that we're uh, that we have an understanding that science-based standards are, are the way to go, so the political games can't be played, whether it's uh, biotech or, like I said, SPS and, and other issues. Now, to make all this work, uh, the president has to have some more authority. It appears 
Are you prepared to give President Obama fast-track authority on trade deals? Well, we want, uh, we're looking right now at the Trade Priorities Act. Uh, th- this would tee up uh, the system uh, to, uh, to move forward with trade agreements, and it happens to be, uh, you know, the Obama administration right now. Uh, we don't even yet know if we can get all these things lined up uh, uh, right away, but fact of the matter is we need a system to negotiate aggressively and effectively uh, on, on trade. And so we want to set up a process uh, to make sure that Congress has ult- the ultimate say. Constitutionally, it, it has to happen that way. Uh, so anything uh, that would come up for uh, uh, you know, a, a trade deal would have to come uh, for a, a vote of Congress. Uh, we want to make sure that we're good negotiators, that, we're, that we are strategic negotiators. I myself have been involved, uh, for example, in the Columbia Trade Agreement, uh, a few years ago of, of raising some issues that needed to be addressed in the trade agreement, got those things ironed out, and and I think we've seen already some good good results uh, from past trade agreements. And when you look at, at the trade agreements with with um, various countries that we, we've already engaged in, I, I think it's it, it's important to, to see the successes that have uh, that have taken place. Now there is um, you know the the fact that uh, even top officials have acknowledged that it's difficult to move uh, the Trans-Pacific Partnership or TTIP uh, without the Trade Priorities Act. So we, we need to continue these discussions moving forward and, and make sure, though, that we maintain the, the uh, prerogatives of Congress. Congressman Smith, let me ask you in another area about the tax extenders. That's a hot topic in Washington right now with word that the Senate may take up an extenders package this month. What's your position on those incentives for business and industry? Well, taxes in general we know are important. Uh, Just today in the Ways and Means Committee, we marked up a bill that would make permanent uh, the Section 179 expensing at the $500,000 level. I think this is important. You know, producers themselves themselves have told me how important this is. So uh, we in the House Ways and Means Committee, we marked that up today. Obviously, that doesn't uh, automatically match up with what the Senate is doing. We did mark up some other bills relating to tax extenders as well. Uh, but, you know, optimally, we get uh, tax reform done, uh, but that is a heavy lift. And uh, meanwhile, I think we do need to address some of these extenders that are out there. So making permanent some of these extenders that have been good out in our economy, I think, can be helpful and beneficial, uh, even more so to our economy. But, you know, it would allow producers in this case to, to plan ahead. And, and make uh, make some decisions for the right reasons, and not just rush to uh, tax judgment. But uh, you know what's good for their operation, they would still be able to uh, receive some tax benefit. Congressman, you're from a rural and definitely agricultural district. USDA is now attempting to implement the 2014 farm legislation. How do you think they're doing? Well, I think it's still a little early to tell, but I know that efforts in terms of the disaster programs. Uh, there's been a, a concerted effort to make sure that uh, uh, the rollout for, for those programs are, are effective and, and useful. Uh, you know, I, I think we, we probably need to, uh, a full growing season and harvest to, to take place to really get a, a good grasp of, of how the rollout has gone with the new farm bill. But I'm, I'm anxious to hear from producers uh, themselves uh, as we continue to see the rollout. You're a co-chair of the Modern Agriculture Caucus that has just been established, and I wonder, you've just had your first meeting. What is the focus of the group? 
Well, the, the focus of the group, I think, is to really promote uh, new ways of doing things in agriculture. We know that producers, they're always looking for new ways of, of doing things and being more efficient, more effective with with their resources. Part of what I'm trying to do is is tell the very positive story to my colleagues that uh, we are seeing we are seeing record yields amidst droughts. Perhaps over the last few years, uh, we see record yields using less land, less water. These are some great narratives that I think generally uh, the public uh, doesn't always get to see and or or hear. So we're focusing on that, and and boy, it's exciting when you see what uh, has been done and and in the horizon it looks very positive too in terms of uh, newer technologies whether it's biotech whether it's uh, new irrigation methods whether there's a great story to tell so we're 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 using the modern ag caucus to to highlight that another issue that we've uh, been working on is making sure that the facts are out there relating uh, to animal welfare issues we know that uh, livestock uh, America is what I call it. Livestock America um, is not only helping feed our country, but it's helping feed the world. And we don't want to see unnecessary, uh, perhaps well-intentioned regulations, but unnecessary and counterproductive regulations take place in a way that uh, would really actually hurt consumers. Now, what's bad for consumers, obviously, is bad for producers and processors, too. So if consumers are doing well, uh, you know, we we can see a lot of production do well uh, in addition. So... Uh, that's that's a lot of our focus. Finally, back home and the issue of uh, property rights and energy regarding the Keystone XL pipeline that I believe passes through your district, definitely through Nebraska. Correct. What's your position on that pipeline, and why do you think the president is taking so long to make any decision on building it? Well, I think the president is taking a long time. <laughs> there are some, some dueling constituencies, I think, that the president uh, has to deal with, uh, but when I look at it uh, in, in studying it, I've I've taken a, obviously a, a, the opportunity to study this, and, and I've arrived at, at the fact that um, I can support the pipeline. I think it, it is very possible to utilize today's technology uh, with a new pipeline and, and protect the environment. We know that a pipeline in this situation is is the safest way to transport uh, the product. Uh, certainly safer than rail or, or highway. And uh, I, I think that um, seeing what the possibilities are, uh, it, it's time to get this done. The, I think the president has had enough time to study it. Obviously, many of, uh, of uh, the studies, well, all of the studies have, have pointed out to the fact that uh, this can and should be done in a responsible way. And uh, we can ultimately end up with a better energy policy as part of this. Um, we know that uh, not including municipal pipelines, uh, but just across rural Nebraska, there's already some 8,000 miles of pipelines crisscrossing, uh, even in the Sandhills area, uh, areas, I should say. So uh, I think we can responsibly get this done, protect the environment, protect our natural resources, and end up getting some petroleum uh, from a, a country uh, friendly to us. Uh, I think you know, when you talk about overall energy transportation, ethanol is important. And, and here we see uh, rail capacity taken up with oil. And, and that, I think, puts uh, uh, grains and, and uh, processed grains into ethanol at a, at a competitive disadvantage because the, the transportation costs have been driven up. And so now this is quite a problem that we have on our hands. 
but we need we need good policies in place infrastructure wise i mean here we are and uh, now considered the saudi arabia of natural gas and if we don't have the the right infrastructure and the right transportation for that it won't matter you know we won't uh, benefit from from this uh, tremendous natural resource uh, like we could if we had some good policies in place for for getting these products to market Representative Smith, thank you very much. We appreciate your comments, and we appreciate you being a guest on AgriPulse Open Mic. Well, thank you. I appreciate the conversation, and I appreciate uh, the great input that I that I get from Nebraska producers. I know they're working hard, and I appreciate the opportunity to engage. AgriPulse Open Mic has been brought to you by the U.S. Grains Council, selling American corn, sorghum, barley, and co-products to buyers around the world every day. I'm Ken Root.